last couple of weeks, the scriptures have been kind of unpacking for us different elements of faith. It's been kind of an important part in the, the last couple of uh, gospel readings and scripture readings we've had at Mass. If you remember two weeks ago, way back when, this gospel began with this question of the disciples, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus talked about, he said, if you just have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could, you could do the impossible, more or less. This faith, though, what he's talking about, faith as this gift that ultimately comes to us from Jesus. We can't get faith from anywhere else, because faith, when it comes down to it, is this relationship with God. And if it's a relationship with God, then he's the only one who can give us this gift of faith. And so that's this gift that he desires to give us constantly. The gift of the Eucharist, through the gift of our own prayer, of that relationship with him. Spending time in silence before the Lord. He's always longing to give us this gift of faith if we put ourselves in a position to receive it. We receive the gift that God desires to give us. So we talked about the importance of Mass, the importance of taking silence every day just to allow the Lord to speak to us, to give us that gift of faith. Last week we heard about the cleansing of the lepers, the cleansing of Naaman. And Jesus told the lepers, he said, your faith has saved you. They believed that the Lord could do it. And it was a faith that didn't have any kind of expectations. If you remember Naaman, he initially was angry because God didn't heal him the way that he wanted to be healed. But if faith is a relationship, then it requires a certain openness to trusting that that other person in the relationship is going gonna, is gonna to come through. That openness of allowing God to act in our own life. That requires a certain element of trust, an element of, of God, I, 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 if this relationship is real and if you are who you say you are, then I'm going to trust that you're acting in my life and that you're going to offer me this cleansing, this salvation in the way that you see that I need it, that certain, that certain trust that the Lord calls us to. And this week's gospel kind of ends with, with a, a little bit of a chilling question when it regards, regards to faith said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The implied answer to that question is no. He may not find faith on earth. Highlighting the fact that, that our faith is going to be challenged. We're going to be tempted to doubt. We're going to be tempted to give up faith, to lose hope, to despair, to stop striving to receive that gift, to turn, turn away from it. And that's why Jesus tells them this parable in the first place. He tells them of the necessity of, of the importance of praying always without becoming weary, without losing heart. So that in the face of that difficulty, we're, we're persevering in the midst of that. And the widow in the gospel passage shows us how we, how we should approach God. Again and again and again and again. Persistent. Never giving up, no matter how difficult, no matter how, what the difficulty is, no matter if it seems how long we have to wait, no matter what the doubt, the faith looks like. Persisting in that asking of the Lord for what we need. Never giving up hope. Because faith, what we hear today is that faith isn't just this one-time thing. It's not just, I, I, Lord, I trust you that one time and then we're done and, we, and we've got it. We do have these big moments of conversion, that's true, these times in our life where we, enter, where we allow the Lord to enter in a little bit more deeply into a certain area of our own life, and those big moments of conversion are important, but it can't end there. It never can end there. What true faith is, is these big moments of trust, these big moments of conversion, followed by the little yeses 
that need to follow after that. The little yeses that keep us in that relationship. Because any relationship is more than just a one-time thing. Right? The people you admire in your life aren't the people who have just done this one big great thing and then just kind of fell off. It's the people who've been faithful. Maybe they didn't even do anything great, but they're faithful in the little responsibilities that they have. Those are the people we admire. Those are the people that, that we look up to in our own life. It's preparing couples for marriage. The, the whole, a, a big thing is the, the recognition that the wedding day isn't the culmination. Right? You're not supposed to, you're not, you don't have it all figured out by your wedding day, and that shouldn't be the highest point of your married life, right? That should just be the beginning. And it's the little yeses after that that continue to deepen and deepen and deepen the relationship. That's where you see true, true relationship, right? Not on day one, but in the, through the little yeses every day after that. Even if we're not perfect at that, it's the persistence the getting back up and continuing to say yes, not losing hope, that's what, the, that's what the Lord is inviting us to. That's the element of faith he's lifting up for us today. And I think a lot of times that's where the difficulty comes in. Because there's a certain sense in which the big yes is, is there's a, kind of easy. We have the emotion, we have the, the situation, the environment, the big moments of conversion, if it's a, a powerful experience of prayer, the wedding day, whatever it is. There's a, there's a certain ease about that. The difficulty comes in in the day to day to day after that. That when the doubts come in, when the real struggles come in. That's where the real battle a lot of times comes in, in those daily yeses. And the question that I naturally ask is why, why does it have to be like a battle? Why does this faith that the Lord is inviting us to have to be this difficult struggle? Why does it have to be like a battle? Why does God have to a lot of times seem like this this judge in the gospel who doesn't, who doesn't do anything. He ignores the person who's crying out to him. And we know God is like that. We know God is not like this judge. And that's kind of the point of the gospel, that if even this judge is going to render the decision, then how much more is God going to do that? Why is it so easy a lot of times to forget that that's not what God is like? Why is it so easy to allow ourselves to slip into thinking that no matter how much we try, God is just going to keep ignoring us? Being a, a real disciple of Jesus, a lot of times feels like that, that persecution, that tension, that struggle. Like this widow who tries again and again and again and again and again, but only seems to get silence. It feels like this battle like we hear in the first reading. We have the Israelites versus the Amalekites. And it's a struggle. There's, there's a real tension there. And I think setting that first reading kind of in a broader context helps to reveal something to us. So what happened before this battle was that the Israelites had just fled Egypt, that conflict against the Egyptians that the Lord led them out of. And then they wandered through the desert, and every time they cried out to the Lord, he provided for them. He gave them water when they were thirsty. They needed food. They gave them, he gave them manna, the bread from heaven. He gave them meat when they, when they needed more. He, gave them, he sent quail into the, their, their camps and provided them with meat. And then... They come into this conflict that we hear in the, in the first reading today, which the Lord delivers them from. So we have this, these situations of the Lord providing for, for the needs of his people, but it's kind of bookended on either side by conflict. And what I think that highlights for us is that the Lord is going to constantly, the, 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 the constant us, our response of the Lord to his invitations, 
is going to be permeated with difficulties, with battles, with struggles. That's going to be part of what responding to the Lord is like. But in the midst of that, he always provides for every single one of our needs. In the midst of the battle, the Lord provides. And through that battle, our faith becomes stronger. Our faith is strengthened. That's why the battle is there in the first place. Because as God reveals himself and provides, himself, provides for us, in the battle, it becomes, he becomes more real. It becomes something that we can have trust and confidence in. So that, like the psalm says, we can really recognize our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. That when we ask, where is my help going to come from? I know my help is from the Lord. That he's my guardian, my shade, and that he guards me from all evil, both now and every day for the rest of my life into eternity. The reality of that relationship and the reality of his providence through that struggle. And so this idea of faith, this idea of trusting in God and waiting for God, isn't just a passive thing. It's not something that we're supposed to sit on the sidelines for and wait for God to act. It's a daily engaging in that battle, a daily engaging of, of allowing ourselves to say yes to the invitations that he puts before us every single day. And by persisting in that, and by those little yeses, we're more open to receive what the Lord desires to give us. In the, in the breviary today, there's a, it's called Office of Readings, and it's I, well, coincidence, but not coincidence, that's one of the readings today is from St. Augustine. And he talks about really this, this idea of a daily opening ourselves up to the Lord. And it's a beautiful letter that if you have I breviary, if you know the breviary, look in the Office of Readings for all this week. It's called Augustine's Letter to Proba. And he's unpacking the importance of that relationship. And he says, we pray to God, not because he doesn't know what we need. That's not the point of the daily yes but it's for us to exercise our desire through our prayers so that we may, able to be, we may be able to receive what he's preparing to give us. Because the deeper our faith, the stronger our hope, the greater our desire, the larger will be our capacity to receive that gift. And so he says, pray always with unwearied desire, a daily opening of our desire to the Lord. He encourages us desire unceasingly that life of happiness, which is nothing if not eternal, and ask it of him who alone is able to give it, by daily opening ourselves up to that. And there are times when we are discouraged, when we do get, grow weary, we doubt, we grow tired. And that's why I think if you notice in the first reading, Moses had his arms up and he grew weary, he grew tired. But he had Aaron and her to support his arms. It's not something that we're supposed to constantly just do on our own. The Lord puts people and things in our life to give us these reminders of who he is. Our relationships. Relationships of faith, relationships of accountability. There are things that we're supposed to rely on. The, the gifts of the sacraments, the gifts of the church. God knows that it's difficult and he gives us the supports that we need in our own life and encourages us to rely on that for accountability to rely on that for, for encouragement, rely on the errands and hers of our own life, so that when we get tired, weary, exhausted, we doubt, we have those reminders. I think the invitation the Lord has for us today is to stay that course. We stay the course, remembering that God has provided for us and he will continue to do so. 
to keep our desires open so that we can receive the gift the Lord desires for each one of us.